Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Montulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with December 11th, 1918, Part 4, pages 158 through 160. December 11th, 1918, Part 4. The representatives of the Lithuanian Council did not arrive. As it turned out, there had been a misunderstanding. The coachman did not know what to do. He had waited for a while in front of the council headquarters and then returned. None of the members of the council had been at the cathedral either because the chapter refused to reserve separate seats for them. They allowed them room only in the sanctuary with the representatives of the various associations and organizations. I do not know why these nationalistic quarrels, prejudices, and hatreds never appeared to be so petty and despicable as they did today. It seemed to me that with even a minimum of goodwill and a conciliatory attitude, it was possible to make peace with all in Christ. In this case, it appeared to me that the fault lay with certain priests. I learned that the cathedral chapter and the Polish clergy refuse to recognize the Lithuanian council and the Lithuanian state. Later, I found out that for two weeks before the installation, most of the talk and arguments in Vilnius centered around which language I would speak in first. If I dared to speak first in Lithuanian, as the council had insisted, the Poles would have raised havoc in church and started riots. When I spoke in Polish first, they were satisfied. The Polish citizens invited me to a lunch at 2 o'clock on December 9th. The Lithuanian council also invited me to dinner the same day. When I asked what time the dinner was to be held, they replied that it would be at 6 o'clock. I saw that I would be able to honor both invitations, so I accepted the Polish one as well. However, the Lithuanians then canceled their dinner. That evening, the clergy gave a dinner for me at the seminary. There were many speeches. The next day, I immediately called on the president of the Lithuanian Council, Mr. Antanas Smetona, and his aides, as well as all the Lithuanian ministers and prominent statesmen. In the evening, the council issued a formal complaint that the bull and sermon had not been given in Belarusian and that the representatives of the council had not been assigned appropriate places. I received this note, which the council had given to the administrator, Monsignor Hanusovich, only in the early morning of December 9th, when the secretary, Father Stetskiewicz, handed it to me. Thus, after the fact, that is what I explained to Prime Minister Voldemaras in Lithuanian and to the Belarusian National Council in Belarusian. Neither the Lithuanians nor the Belarusians had been very happy with the arrangements for the installation, but they could see that it was not my fault. The cathedral chapter had been responsible for them, and I, as their guest, had to accept their decisions. At the luncheon with the Polish citizens, they toasted my health in a way that put me on the spot. They expressed the hope that I would contribute to the rebirth of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. I replied that while I was living in Poland, I had served the Polish people with all my heart, and here I determined to serve everyone as well. I told them that I did not know what the result of my work would be. Since I was a priest and bishop, I could preach only love, brotherhood, and unity to my people. 
it is my duty to make peace among them. As for political coalitions, these did not depend on me, nor were they in my power to bring about. The Poles seemed pleased with my words. There were many speeches, and one had to be careful not to say anything inappropriate. The following day, the Christian Democrats invited me to a dinner, and again there were speeches, and I had to be very careful. I pointed out that it was not my place to interfere in politics, and that it was my hope that I could best serve my country by teaching the people true moral principles and reminding them of the teaching of Christ. Finally, the members of the Lithuanian Council and the government officials relented and invited me to a luncheon. Again, there were many speeches. The Lithuanians, Belarusians, Polish and Jewish representatives, as well as delegates from other, other political parties, all spoke. I answered most of them in turn, then spoke to all of them together. I reminded them of the ideals and the teachings of Christ. Taking advantage of the occasion, I spoke briefly in defense of the Catholic faith. It looked as though everyone was pleased with my words, including the Jews, the Belarusians, and the Lithuanians. And so God helped me to make peace with the Lithuanian government once again. The Lithuanians were unhappy because of what had happened at the installation and were unsure about how I would relate to them. Now they calmed down. During these days, many priests and people came to call on me in the mornings in the afternoons, I visited some of the more prominent citizens of the city. The representatives of the various convents and monasteries came to present themselves as well. Upon their invitation, I went to visit the Sisters of Nazareth. I was well received. The speeches were very much in the Polish national spirit. In response, I emphasized the importance and value of the faith and of education in the life of the nation. I celebrated Mass for the Sisters of Saint St on St. Stephen's Day and gave a short homily. The girls and the little children made a pleasant impression on me. I resolved to respect the desires and aspirations of every nation, insofar as they were not opposed to the teachings of our faith. If the Poles wish to return to Warsaw, let them do so. That is not contrary to salvation, just as long as they love God and the Church. In the last part of this section, Blessed George expresses his frustration at the petty nature of the nationalistic quarrels, prejudices, and hatreds which reared their ugly heads on his installation day. Each group, if each group had tried to understand the others and to demonstrate some goodwill toward all, it could have been a peaceful day. But each wanted to advance their own cause at the expense of the other groups. Blessed George had to go out of his way to make peace with all groups, including those who had not come to his installation, and then had issued formal complaints about how the matters had been handled. All came to see that the unpleasantness had not been the fault of Blessed George, and he sought peaceful relations with all groups. Some tried to back him into a corner by offering him a toast with political implications. He extracted himself by saying that he was a priest and a bishop, not a politician. It was not his responsibility to promote political coalitions. He sought to preach love and fraternity between all. Blessed George preached Christ and the ideals of the gospel to all groups. His time in Vilnius would be difficult, like walking a tightrope trying to keep all groups happy 
and cooperating. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.